Hello and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today and for going with us on this journey as we learn about God's grace and learning about what he has already done for us. And if I could get one of the things that I would want to get into the body of Christ and those who are new to the faith is that what you are praying for God has already ordained it for you before the foundation of the world. He already saw your need. He already saw your need for salvation, for what you have need for your house, for your car, for your for relationship, for your uh, inner being, for your uh, whatever you need for emotionally, financially, mentally, physically. Whatever your need is, God has already done it. And if you could grab hold of that by faith and trust him that what he has promised, he is also able to provide. And just to make a quick introduction, this is my, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I uh, want to thank you again for joining us. And if you want to reach out to us, please do so by emailing us at pastoreric523 at gmail.com or by writing us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And again, just to jump right in, as I've already done, uh, is to just emphasize the point that we talk about confession this week, and I think we're going to end next week with, uh, uh, maybe next week, with um, a recording of confessions that I think would be beneficial to you. But today, we're going to continue to talk about what God not only has already done, but what we have to, as believers, put in our mouth. For Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall, shall, shall make you and set you free. And this is uh, the, in the book of St. John 8.32. And guess who else knows the truth? Satan knows the Bible as well. If you read Matthew 3 and 4 and around Luke 3 and 4, you'll read how that Satan began to quote, the enemy began to quote the Bible to Jesus. And Jesus being the word, he was, after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and knowing that his body was weak, Jesus' spirit wasn't weak, but his body was. And so Satan came out and made all these uh, exclamations saying that if you be the son of God, then cast yourself down. Well, if Jesus would have cast himself down, then he would have actually been in denial of what God had told him the day before, uh, uh, 41 days prior, when the father said, this is my son in whom, this is my beloved son. Not only was is he God's son, but he is God's beloved son. And he said, in whom I'm well pleased. So if he would have attempted to impress Satan, then he would have been in denial of who God is. And I think this is a great hindrance again in the body of Christ today when we doubt God. For then we deny that he is the shepherd that he said he was and that he is. So let's start out today in the book of uh, St. John, St. John 10, 10. And uh, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. St. John 10. Uh, first of all, before we started, let's go to just go up a couple of chapters uh, prior. This is uh, St. John 6, 63. So if you're in the, if you got your Bibles in your hand, St. John 6, 63 says, he says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. So in other words, it's the spirit of God that made us alive so that we can have relationship with him. Before all of us came as believers to know him, or if you don't know Christ today, then your spirit is dead to him, meaning you can't. Uh, the spirit or the flesh, put it that way, the fleshly man, the carnal man, the man that's all about self, that man does not relate to the will of God. 
I'm not saying you can't hear the Bible spoken. I'm not saying you can't hear the Bible preached. But I am saying is for you to have right relationship with God and righteousness, then you must be born again. And that which has been accomplished in, in through the death, burial and resurrection of Christ that you agree to by faith. Then God gives us a new spirit and it's that spirit that quickeneth that makes us alive. So when God speaks to us, our spirit, our spirit man is in agreement to what we hear through our natural ear, but not only through our natural ear, but it's into our spirit. And he goes on to says the flesh profit is nothing. So in other words, the natural man, the carnal man profits nothing. All those things that you may ever you know, all the awards you've gotten, all the promotion, all the money, all of that means nothing through eternity. For everything we see now is temporary. Everything that you could touch, every house, every car, every plane, every building, every uh, anything that's material. In this world, it is going to be done away with in eternity. And there will be no remembrance of this. But what will be, rem be remembered is your relationship with God, and in particular, with his son, Christ Jesus. For it goes on to say, Jesus said, the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus said that my word is not only just words on the page, but they are words that uh, affects your spiritual man. It renews him. It strengthens him. It strengthens that inner man in you so that you, my sister, you, my brother, that you can walk as the righteousness of God, not in your own volition, through your own power, through, through your own works, but in you believing in the word of God that was given to us. The scripture is written and the apostle wrote that all the words of God, all scripture is was inspired and written by holy men of God and they were inspired by the spirit. What I mean by inspired, it means that they didn't write up their own mind or their own intellect. They wrote it as the Holy Spirit moved them, as he, as he moved them. And they wrote, of course, with their own personality. They wrote with their own uh, mind, but yet they were inspired to write it. And as they wrote it, God has preserved it for us. And it encourages us 2,000 plus years later. When we read the word, it encourages us to move forward and know that if God could do it for them, he, this same word that was written centuries before we were, millennia before we arrived here, yet God, by his spirit and by his wisdom, knew we were coming and he has something just planned for you. So now let's go over to uh, the book of John, uh, 10th chapter. And as I said earlier, not only does... Uh, do we know the truth? But Satan knows a modicum of truth. And that's why he was able. And when I say by modicum, he knows a, a small portion of it. He doesn't know the future. He can tell you your past. He can tell you your failures. He can tell you how you uh, missed the mark. But he does not know the future that God has for you. He can't tell you. He can, he can, he can speak lies over you and tell you what you're going to be. But anything he will say is a lie. He may mix in the Bible says he may transform himself into an angel of light, but everything he says and everything he does, the end result of it is a lie and leads to destruction and eventual determination uh, uh, in hell. So St. John 10.10 10 says, the thief, again, talking about the enemy, the Satan or devil, whichever you want to call him, 
Slewfoot, the old folks, old, uh, the elders would say, the thief came not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And we're talking about Jesus, the word. He says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He said, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And we read in the previous lesson how that David was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's why I said that David spoke prophetically of Christ, not only the God that he knew. See, he knew a God that, that provided for him, but he didn't have a personal relationship of a God in him. See, David had, he was anointed to kill Goliath. He was anointed to be king. The anointing was on him and he was anointed to speak prophetically. But you, beloved, have something that David didn't have. We have the sure mercies of God where sin is not imputed to us. David lived in a time to where when if a man committed adultery, David should have been stoned to death even with him being king. But yet God showed him mercy and spared his life. But yet, because he broke the law, he did have some of the uh, penalties of the law where his son committed adultery with all of his concubines that were left in the house, where his son came and, and attempted and did usurp the kingdom and kicked him out of uh, his castle. He did see where there was war, a, basically a civil war where his armies that followed Absalom came out against him. But God delivered David. But what I'm saying is we live in a better day. We have the shepherd on the inside of us and we have in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. And he shall lead and guide you into all truth. And Jesus goes on to say in the 11th verse, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And we know that's what he did. And see, what we must do as believers is have this confession that Christ is my shepherd. Christ leads me. He preserves my life, both spiritually and naturally. My spiritual life right now is reserved in the heaven. The Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When Jesus spoke over the disciples and, and as he was getting ready, to be, uh, getting ready to be crucified, he's testified and said, Lord, I have not lost any of my, uh, any of my sheep. Save one, Judas, which was the son of perdition. In fact, that he betrayed Christ. But he said, these 11, I have kept them. I have nurtured them. I've taught them. I've given them what you told me. And this is what he's done for the New Testament believer. He died for us and he sealed us with the Holy Spirit. And as we read and as we confess these words over us, it builds faith in us, knowing that I have a shepherd, a personal shepherd. And not only that, I have something that the Old Testament uh, saints didn't have. I have the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus even uh, noted this when he said of men, uh, born of women, talking about John the Baptist. He said, there's none born greater than him. But he said, now the least in the kingdom, those who come after John, those who are after the crucifixion is greater than he. Because we have something that the Old Testament didn't have. We live in a time of grace. John lived in a time of law. Grace started after Jesus was crucified. And we get to enjoy all of those blessings. That's why it says the angels wanted to look at, look, they look in and want and see all the things that God has prepared for us. It talks about how the elders, how that they are not complete without us. They prophesied Isaiah and Ezekiel and Moses and, and Abraham. They all spoke of a time 
Abraham talked of a time when Shiloh would come. David talked about him, talked about Christ in Psalm 22 about his resurrection. Isaiah did the same as he spoke about how that Christ was suffering Isaiah 53. And it goes on and on how men talked about Messiah coming. Messiah, Jesus Christ came. And now we are the result. We are the fruit of his, of, 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 he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. We are the fruit of him. We manifest, we manifest Christ now. Those who are New Testament believers. We manifest how? By walking and, and, and exhibiting the love and the kindness that God had for the world today. I preached and teach many times and continue to teach that God's ID, his identity has been taken by Satan when we allow it. When we allow, when, when we hear, you know, I heard the other day when I was at work, how that uh, they have a phrase called the acts of God. How that when there are earthquakes and forest fires and floods and all these things, tornadoes and hurricanes, how that they say, oh, that's God as an act of God upon the earth. But we know, if you read New Testament, that Satan also gets into the wind. Jesus, matter of fact, when the disciples in the middle of the, uh, uh, I believe it was the Galilean Sea, and they were uh, going across, going to the other side, how that, when the wind came, and Jesus was just lying there asleep. And he awoke him and said, Master, carry down now that we perish. Jesus woke up, rebuilt the wind. And the Bible said it became calm, and not only that, uh, when they recognized and they saw that, what kind of man is this? Next thing they know, they were on the other side of the sea. We serve a miraculous Savior. He wants to do those same works through you and I as we proclaim the, 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 the miracles. We were made for signs and wonders. We were made, you, Testament believer, you, the New Testament believer, you, my sister, my grand, uh, uh, mothers in the Lord, sisters, brothers, young people, you were made for signs and wonders. You were made for 2022. You were made for this day and going forward. You were you born to be used and show Christ to the earth. We are his hands, feet, eyes. We are to be used by God when we are usable. God will use you when you become usable. When you allow the word to have free course in you. And one of the things that as we can uh, 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 allow God and we become that usable man or woman is when we begin to confess and we begin to know and receive wisdom of what God has provided for us. And to, and to just finish this up, Jesus said in the 13th verse, he says, uh, 12th verse, where it says, but he that isn't hireling, that means it's someone who's all of, a hireling is someone like a, uh, uh, like a better word, a prostitute. Someone who's prostituted themselves out for money. That's all they want. I'm here for the money. They're not, the, 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 the shepherd will teach the sheep. He will protect them. He will give his life for them. But he says the hireling and not is, uh, but he said, but he that isn't hiring and not the shepherd, who's home the sheep or not. Seeing the wolf come. Now, this is the hiring he's talking about. He leaves the sheep and flee. And the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. That person who's only about it in it for themselves. But what Jesus said in the 14th verse, he says, I am the good shepherd and known and know my sheep and I'm known of mine. Going back to what we read earlier, is it ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. 
when you know the truth, you know that God is for you. You know the love of Christ. You know truth when you see it. See, when you're a believer and you've had time to study the word, you've taken time to, to study it and to read it and to meditate on it. And God has made himself real to you. And you have some experience. Then when, when, uh, when, 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 when a lie comes, when untruth comes, you can recognize it. How do we recognize a lie? How do we recognize deception? By knowing the word. To give that example, which I love, to give this example, which I repeated uh, several times, when the Treasury Department trains agents, or they train people to recognize counterfeit uh, uh, money, they don't study all of the hundreds of thousands of variations of counterfeit bills. You never learn. But what they do is they take that person and they study the original. They notice the glue, I mean, the, uh, the, the print on it. They notice all the designs, all the intricacies, if I can say that, of, uh, of the dollar, of the, I'm just saying the dollar, of the hundred, whatever it is, of the currency is a better word. They note how it feels. They note the color. They note the, the texture of it. So when a counterfeit bill comes, a counterfeit currency comes through, they can pick it up quickly because it does not match the original. Again, you know the counterfeit by knowing the original, not by studying counterfeit because there are hundreds of thousands of counterfeits out there. And even if out there and you just study one set of counterfeit bills, there'll be hundreds of thousands coming in every day of people who are trying to uh, uh, deceive the market. So what I'm talking about is when we know the truth, it will make you free because when you hear it, you recognize Christ in it. And when we and our knowing of it, our confession of it, we begin then to speak the words of a king. And I'm going to take you to over here to Ecclesiastic, the eighth chapter and the fourth verse. It says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Who is the king? Jesus Christ is the king. He is Lord of all. He is Lord of Lord, King of kings. And he reigns now and sits now at the right hand of the father. Jesus is the second Adam. As Adam was the first father of generations, Jesus now is first father of the spiritual generations. We all are, are not only brethren, but children of the New Testament. We are children, sons and daughters of the New Testament church. And we are fathered by Christ giving his life as a seed. And because he has done this and because of our testimony of it, we speak that we are born again. We are now new creatures. We are now, I am now the righteousness of God. And I'm going to take you something to uh, what Revelation said. The book of Revelations, uh, 12th chapter and 11th verse says, and it's talking about in the latter time, how Satan will attack the church. And it says, and they overcame him. This is Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him, how? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto, the, unto death. What he's saying is what John the Revelator was saying in the book of Revelation 12 chapter. He's saying that the people of God overcame by the blood of the protection of, of Christ. Because I'm eternally protected. I, I can't, you cannot be, Satan cannot take you out of God's hand. You have to volunteer. 
by falling for his deception, by leaving the word, by uh, choosing to uh, follow uh, a lie rather than just sticking with the scripture. For many of us, I could be deceived. You could be deceived. Anybody can be deceived if you don't stay with the word of God. Methods will change. How we hear the word. Uh, uh, what, 150 years ago, there wasn't a radio around. There was no radio, no television, no internet, no telephone. None of these things were, were available. But yet, they had preachers who... Uh, uh, some had the local pastor, they had the itinerant preacher who went around, had a circuit, and he preached and had revivals. That's how they heard the word. And if you go three, four hundred years prior to that, the common man, he did not have the Bible to read. Men died, women died because they dared to take the Bible and uh, translate it and put it into the hands of men and women. So then they were empowered to know God for themselves. All these things were forbidden because the enemy did not want man to get the word in the, in, and I, what I call the common man, people like you and I. So because when you get the word and you get the wisdom of the word, it's one thing to get it. Your book, Habakkuk says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. It didn't say it was destroyed for lack of money or, or the lack of, of, of uh, you know, of praise or singing, all those things. He said they are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you get the wisdom and knowledge of the word of God, it will, it will prosper you. It will heal you. It will promote you. I mean, it says over in Psalms uh, 107, 20, he said he sent his word and healed them. That's how we are healed. We'll heal by the knowledge of what the Lord said, what the prophet said in Isaiah 53. And what Peter said in, in the chapter five, verse two, he says, we are, uh, we are healed. We were healed by his stripes. We were healed. Isaiah 53 says that we are healed. But after his death, we were healed by the stripes of Christ. See, if you feel thinking that, oh, you know what? I've got to get my healing. I've got that. But if you can confess, I was healed by what Jesus did for me 2000 years ago. And no germ, no, no uh, disease can live in this body. Because I proclaim and I confess that I am healed. It does not mean that you deny what's happening. You don't have to sit there and deny, you know, with, a, with a, a, you're bleeding out your head and eyes and arms. And you know what? I'm not bleeding. You're in denial. Denial. But what you can say is by Christ, although I may be bleeding, yet Christ healed me 2000 years ago. And what you see now is not how I'll be tomorrow. How not how I see myself in the spirit. I am healed. I am whole. I am well. And I have overcome this. It may not look like it now. But what you see today is not my destiny. Destiny. That's a confession of healing. That's a confession that God has already done it. Not going to do it. But he has already healed me. He has already prospered me. He has already delivered me. And I proclaim it and, and accept it by faith. Let's go on now. Let's go to uh, um, let's go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 28 and 1. So Jesus said that my words are spirit and they are life. So what we have to put in our mouth, as Paul said in 10 and 8, says that the word is not the even in our mouth, even the word of faith which we preach. We must get the roar of the church 
the roar of a lion in our, in our mouth. The Bible says that we are of the tribe of Judah. We are of that tribe. I'm talking about the New Testament church. We are of the lions. That's the, that's the insignia or that's the symbol of Judah, that he is a lion. And who's the lion? The lion is the king. The lion is the king. They describe the lion as the, uh, uh, the king of the jungle. Now, everybody knows, if you know something about animals, the lion is not the biggest animal. You describe that as an uh, elephant or giraffe. He's not the strongest. He's not the, certainly not the fastest the cheetah is. But what the lion is, he has the attitude of the king. Even the giant uh, elephant will quiver at the roar of the lion. Even the fastest one, the cheetah, will run away. Uh, if a lion and a cheetah come to a carcass, to be uh, that carcass to be divided, the, the, the cheetah will run away from that lion. It's the roar of the lion that puts fear in others because they know if the lion gets me in his fangs, it's over. If his teeth can sink into your neck, game over. So what we have to do, we have to get the word of God in our mouth and speak what we know, testify what we see. And that's what, as uh, Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And a confession is a testimony of the goodness of God. Let's go now to uh, the book of, uh, book of Psalms, Psalms 91. And we're going to end our lesson today in Psalms 91. And it reads, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall dwell on the shadow of the Almighty. My confession is, I dwell in the secret place of God. And under his wings, I have. And under the shadow of his wing of the Almighty do I dwell. The psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, God is my refuge. God is my fortress. And my God in him do I trust. That's a confession to which we can put in our mouth of protection. He says, surely he should deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the notion of pestilence. He says, the trap, and when he said the snare of the fowler, he said, any trap that Satan will set for me, I shall be delivered. And any disease, any uh, uh, thing that Satan may try to, he, he may try to put on me or may even come upon me. He said, he's going to deliver me. You must, this is a confession for every New Testament believer that we can speak against any trap, any pestilence that the enemy seeks to bring upon us. He says, he shall cover me with his feathers. On his ring shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. He says, I'm protected because of the word that I know. That's what truth is. Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. When they asked who Jesus who he was, Jesus said, he says, I'm the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When um, Pilate asked who Jesus was, and Jesus told him that he was the truth, Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus, he was talking to the truth, and Pilate didn't even recognize. But he quivered later when they heard that he had rose again. And he goes on to say in the fifth verse, he says, I shall not be afraid. Now, again, I'm putting these in my words. Psalm 91, 5. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. I want to tell you, beloved, much shall be coming upon the earth in the days to come. 
COVID-19, there's going to be more variations. There's going to be uh, variants of COVID. COVID-19 is a variant of the original COVID. It's, a, it's the 19th variation of the original COVID germ. But I want to tell you that no matter what comes, we have the power to speak against it. Isaiah 55 says, no weapon that forms against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise up against thee, thou shalt condemn. So any word, any trap, anything that Satan would say, oh, you're not going to make it. You must confess. That's a lie. I don't care who says it. And by grace, I'm saved by faith. My body is healed. My, 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 my home is blessed. My children are kept and well. My every relationship from marriage to uh, children to parents to whomever who will accept the covering of God. I declare that God watches over them. And then it goes on to say in the sixth verse, nor for the peasant that, that walks in the day, daylight. No, in other words, I'm not looking down the road. And if it hit the neighbor's house, God, I pray you have mercy upon them. Keep them, uh, deliver them, God, and be that healer that we know you are. Offer your help, but say it within yourself. I refuse to receive it in my house. Nor for destruction that walketh, wasteth at noonday. A thousand, verse seven says, shall fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold the wicked. And behold and see, rather, the reward of the wicked. Because the Lord has made because thou hast made the Lord, because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. In other words, I'm going to live in the word of God. That's why I said earlier that we have to come to a place. You know, if you pinch me, the word of God coming out. You insult me. I will say within myself, you know what, Lord? The only people that can let me down are those I lean on. If I don't, if I count your words as nothing, that you don't, I don't give you undue influence. You may say your words, but I'm going to cancel them. If I don't receive that, I just can't receive what you just said. But that's because that's not a part of grace of what God has for me. And then in the 11th and 12th verse, he says, for he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up lest I dash my foot against the stone. He says, I will tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall I trample under feet. Because God, verse 14 says, has set his love on me. You are God's special one. You are God's daughter. You are God's son. Therefore, he will deliver me. And he will set me on high. Because I, because God knows my name. When I call upon him. He will answer me. He will be with me in trouble. When trouble, when, when as this 23rd Psalm says, that when uh, I walk through, when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, he's going to be with me. And somebody said, but preacher, what about those that died? God was with them. I, I said earlier, everybody wants to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to die. I don't want to die. I pray and my prayer is that I will be satisfied with a long life and length of days. But if I leave here, I believe that I will meet Jesus in peace. And he goes on to say, 
when he called, when I call upon him in verse 15, he will answer me and he will be with me in trouble. He will, he delivers me and God honors me. He said the last verse, he said, well, long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. This again, this is just a simple confession. And as, as we as believers in the times we live in, must get the word in our mouth, get the word out when fear comes, when disasters come, when sickness come, when disease comes, we must speak the word over whatever. Yes, all of us, sudden fear can come and shake you. But know within yourself, there is a word for this. There is a word. If you would just say, Lord, Isaiah 63, thou will keep me in perfect peace. Lord, I don't, I mean, I, I trust you, you will give me understanding of this. But I trust you for deliverance. I trust you for healing. I trust you, Lord, for, for, uh, uh, for salvation. For there will not be a man nor woman that will stand before God and legitimately say, Lord, I trusted you and you failed me. You won't be, there won't be a line. That line's going to be empty. You may think you're going to be able to get in line and give God your say-so about how he let you down. But when you come into the knowledge and you know all things, you will see God never fails and his word is everlasting. I pray that you got something out of the word today. And I pray that you will begin now as never before to speak the word of God over your family, over your life, over your loved ones, over your job over your driving in, your coming home, that the word of God becomes a part of your everyday life, giving praise to him, giving glory to him, and walking by faith, by grace through faith, which is not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God. I thank you for, again, for all those who hear us today. I pray for those who are not saved. I pray that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. And truth is Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for those who may be sick on this call today. Father, we pray that you would touch their bodies, for you've already healed them. And I pray, Lord, that they will begin to grab hold to the scriptures of truth, which, as Peter said, by your stripes we were healed. And that they would begin to get into the scriptures and get into the knowledge and wisdom of God of the abundant blessing that we have in our lives. We thank you, Father, again, for all you've done for us. And we pray that they will join us again on Journeys in Grace. Be blessed till we meet again.